This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to Around the Dial, your one-stop shop for sports talk's best moments every day. Here's your host, CBS Sports Radio's Damon Amendolara. Welcome inside Around the Dial, the best in your sports talk. For Tuesday, May the 7th, I'm your host, D.A. The NBA playoffs have had some very interesting U-turns. Game one, we saw the Boston Celtics dominate the Milwaukee Bucks. And then games two, three, and four, it was all fear the deer. Last night, the Bucks do it again, taking both in Boston and now have a commanding 3-1 series lead going back home to Wisconsin. So let's start there. The Bucks this season had the best record in all of the NBA, and they're showing it. Here's Hawks general manager Travis Schlenk, who joined 92.9 the game in Atlanta with Hugh and John, saying the only thing the Bucks didn't have coming into the postseason was just that experience. And now they got it. When it all shakes out, do you think that Milwaukee has enough that if they play against the Houston or Gold State Warriors that they can win a championship? Well, I, I don't know that I would bet against them. I think that the biggest thing they'll have to overcome is uh, experience. You know, they don't have a lot of guys on the roster that have a ton of deep playoff experience. Um, but, you know, they've had the best record in the league. You know, they had the best defense in the league. You know, they, they've got a superstar in Giannis. So, you know, I wouldn't bet against them. But, you know, they don't maybe have the experience that some of these other teams might have. As you look at these uh, playoffs, I don't know that I've seen a playoff because, again, partially because no LeBron and partially because Golden State has your old team has kind of just, I don't know, they've sort of leveled off a little bit. And they can always kick it into that, that super high gear, but at the moment they're kind of stuck in, in like fourth gear. Uh, but it, th- this thing is up for grabs. I look at uh, all eight teams. Now Milwaukee may have a big advantage on Boston now, but, boy, you can throw them into a hat. If, if Houston beats Golden State, I have no idea who's going to be the NBA champion. Yeah, no, I, I think it's obviously good for the league when you talk about, you know, three of these four series being tied 2-2. Um, you know, and, and it looks like Milwaukee's got a, a pretty good uh, stranglehold on that series. But, you know, the, the Philadelphia-Toronto series, it just seems like, you know, from game to game, just, you know, it looks like, oh, well, Philly's, they, Philly's got them, and then the next game it's, they can't guard Kawhi, and it's like, oh, Toronto's got them. And, you know, same thing with the, the the Denver-Portland series. You know, it's kind of the series that no one really talks about, but, you know, those games have been extremely competitive. You know, obviously they had the four-overtime game uh, this past weekend, but those games have been real fun to watch. Um, and then, you know, the big marquee matchup you mentioned is Golden State-Houston, where, you know, two teams that have kind of been there the last few years uh, battling it out with, with really the big headline superstars. So it's good for the league to have these competitive playoff series and good games this time of year. Um, 
And, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, that continues this next few weeks on through the playoffs. Do you think that this could potentially be Houston's year to get over that Golden State Warriors hump? Well, you know, last year, you know, they had the lead and Chris Paul gets hurt, uh, you know, went seven games. So, you know, there's certainly a, a good matchup for them. Um, they've got a player in James Harden that if he gets it going, and certainly he had it going last night, who can, you know, make plays for others and certainly make plays for himself. So it, it's a... It's a, it's a good battle. I, you know, I haven't read the whole thing yet, but I saw Steve Kerr's comment after the game where he said, you know, they're they're uh, what was it? They're linebackers and we're volleyball players, and just talking about the physicality Houston played with and you know, how Golden State didn't match it. So it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back at home this week. Yeah, it's a interesting a series because Houston's been complaining and moaning and whining and all this kind of stuff, and finally the calls are going their way. And they quit complaining and moaning and whining and started winning games. Well, maybe that's a better thing, Travis, and focus on the right thing, right? Yeah, no, for sure. The first couple games of the series, um, you know, both teams were really complaining and whining, and, you know, they they both kind of, you know, gotten quiet and just played, and um, I think it's been good for the series. Milwaukee has been phenomenal to watch. Giannis Antetokounmpo has played like a superstar 39 points last night. You've had incredible supplemental scoring from Chris Middleton, amongst others. You have great long-range shooting, and Budenholzer, their head coach, making the necessary adjustments. If the Bucks do finish this off in five, they'll have a long time to rest before a long series on the other side of the ledger between the Sixers and the Raptors. And right now, the Bucks are living up to the regular season, playing like the best team in the Eastern Conference. So what has happened to the Celtics, a team coming into the postseason that had question marks, a team that still hasn't answered many of them? Here's Mutt Callahan and Jermaine Wiggins on WEEI in Boston. Two big stars, two big max guys who are going to come here, play together, and take the Celtics to the next level. Garbage Hayward. Fell, uh, fell flat. And it, failed miserably. But I'm not going to put you a son on Hayward because he's still mentally okay, yeah, he's yeah, not yeah. right. Okay, so how long is it going to take? So, so, so he's, well, next that, year. Let's see what he does next year. So you need two years next year, Irving's going to be gone. It's a full year away from his injury. Right. But, Almost two years but now. But this is, no, this is technically his first year playing on that injury. It's he's been, been a year and a half. He's been healthy all year. Listen, Jermaine. his ankle all was year. going in a completely different direction, Mike. Yeah. His ankle was so, going in see, another I, direction. I think it's more likely the players are seeing now. It's not like he just tore his ACL. I guess, but I, the player seeing now is probably what he might be. I think it's more likely it's that than he's going to go back to being the yeah, board. He's going to be like Utah. a taller Pat Connaughton. That's he what fractured he is. his jaw, who can't quite oh get God. up as high. Uh, but tell me this: Why does anyone think Irving's Pat back to get some bounce? Pat Connaughton can get up. He, he there. can jump for a white guy. You want to talk about white guys coming off the bench? Their guy came up big. Yes, Celtics yeah. guy Gordon Haywood did not. I ask your big Kyrie Irving picture in a second. But after I mention the fact. You lost a game at home where we all agree the Bucks didn't play great. This wasn't a great Bucks game. Your team just played poor. No. Chris Middleton was Giannis two, played great. Two for ten from three with Middleton. They shot twenty one percent from three point land. You lost a game at home, another one to the Bucks. This was a very winnable game. If Kyrie Irving, if if Jason Tatum, if the if coach the does a better Hayward job show of up making in game adjustments and not allowing to Gian- not allowing Giannis to do what he did. He's got to do a better job. So you said, why is Kyrie Irving going to be here? Because Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown won't be, and Anthony Davis will be. That's the difference. That's the only way. Obviously, Ainge Ainge will promise him he will do that, but they're not going to do it before the draft, are they? 
Uh, do they have to wait? Is there a certain time period to well um, to make the, it happen? If the um, Knicks get Zion, right? Would they rather have Zion and everything else the Knicks can give them? But if Kyrie's a free agent, you're saying he can still go to New York and play with Zion. He could go to New York and play with either Zion or Kevin Durant or both. He needs to play. I don't well, think is definitely. Good I don't there. think Kyrie's going somewhere where he has to play by himself, where he knows that he needs another superstar. Well, I know he's gonna, but they're out there. I mean, there's there's Kawhi. There's Kawhi's going west. Kevin Durant. There's Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson staying out there, on the left coast. I, I there are two teams in New York and two teams in L.A. that could fit two or three max guys. Kyrie wants a bigger stage. It's out there. If he wants to be a Nick, they're they'll I, glad to have him. As you saw, Adam Sandler. As opera man already started, already thinks he's going to New York with Durant, and and he has sources. Opera man, he's mm-hmm. got sources. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving are going to New York, and your guys, Boomer and Geo, basically are confirming that yes. in New York they talk about it like it's a done deal. They're talking about the two of them. They're tracking the two of them as they mm-hmm. play in the postseason. Durant and Kyrie as they prepare to welcome them to New York. I think people know stuff. Dale, that's Dale. Kyrie so, is a weird guy. Who does not look happy right now? Did you look happy last no. night? But if who no. has, who has other three plans? Games ago he but if great. Danny, if game Dan, one he looked very happy. If Danny said, "Hey, listen, Kyrie, here's what we're gonna do: we're gonna get you that mega star to come along with you, and we're getting rid of Stevens, and we're getting rid of the young guys you don't like." So this is think fun. he comes back. So this is the timetable, Jerry. So they, the draft is on June twentieth, mm-hmm. and then July first is the official date of free agency. Right. Guys can start signing then. So essentially, once the draft happens, yeah. The Knicks technically the they Knicks won't know. Get won't, you, won't you know well before the that where against, these guys are going? It leaks out. Well, no, the odds before. are against Zion. Yeah, I mean you will. You'll hear about it. Yeah, the odds are against Zion going to New York. So if he doesn't, their only option or their best option is Kyrie and Durant. Correct. The to sign those two. They guys. can't yes. get yes. Anthony Davis. Nope. They don't have what it no. takes. So they will sign those two guys, and they will have a top two or three pick. They won't have Zion, but they'll have a top pick. Right. Have some other Duke. But guy. Kyrie might have. Uh, Jay Barrett. More, but Kyrie has more money ja, here. Jay Anthony Morant, Davis ja here. Morant, and more veterans. Mm-hmm. The kid for you're talking about the yeah. uh, kid from Murray State. Yeah. Yes, was awesome in the tournament. He's yeah. probably right. going number two. Calls right. himself well, a, calls himself a point god. Yeah, it's okay. Do you think he'd be a good fit with Kyrie? <laughs> Kyrie Irving can't be the best player on a championship team. Think about Kyrie Irving's. Resume is Wikipedia page at this point in time. Before LeBron gets to Cleveland, Kyrie Irving is the guy there, and they miss the playoffs. LeBron subtly steps into they go to the Eastern Conference Finals and then the NBA Finals in the year one. They end up going to three straight NBA Finals with Kyrie and LeBron. And once Kyrie left, he couldn't lead his team back there after LeBron he goes to Boston. They go all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals without him last year. And now they're on the verge of getting eliminated with him. Kyrie Irving is a good player, but he's not that next level caliber player to drag a team to a finals. If he's the alpha male and you see the problems with the Celtics is he's had three of his worst games of the playoffs. And these are the three games they've lost in a row till Milwaukee. So other teams are dreaming, though, about bringing Kyrie Irving in, but is it buyer beware? In New York, Knicks fans would take anybody. I mean, anybody, considering how bad that franchise has been for 20 years. So here's Wally Zerbiak, a Knicks analyst for MSG Television, joining Boomer and Geo. Boomer assizing Greg Giannotti on WFAN in New York. Could the Knicks bring in Kevin Durant? 
Could they bring in Kyrie Irving? I mean, this has been a really long friggin' time of suffering. So now to get the hopes up to the point where every time you turn on a show like this or the radio or whatever, and you're hearing, yeah, here he's, he's probably coming. He's going to be coming. I mean, we're, we're getting really into a lather over this. How real is this, really? Well, it's all speculation until Kevin Durant takes that uh, pen to paper, right. obviously. We know that. That's what we do in the media. We speculate. But there are a lot of sources that you're hearing it from. So, um, you know, you just got to go with what you're hearing. And until Kevin Durant. I heard Kevin Durant is also a guy where he kind of makes decisions, you know, right, you know, here and there. And look at the decision he made to go to Golden State. Sure. He gave up ten million dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, he took a lot of criticism for that decision, but he's won a ton of games and he's won championships. So he might have that mindset where, hey, I've done my job. I won championships. I want to be the man. I want to go to New York. I want to rebuild this franchise that's been struggling for many years. It's, it's a lot of positives if he does come to the Knicks. But until he takes pen to paper, you never man, know. Man, he would be like LeBron going to Miami or LeBron going to LA. It would be him bigger. coming here would be bigger, yeah. but there would be there would be so much adulation towards him. Oh, absolutely. Uh, at the beginning of this whole thing. Let me ask you, how much does it impact what the Knicks do in free agency where they come out of this draft lottery? So, let's say they come out with the number 2 pick mm-hmm. and most likely that would be John ja Morant. Right. Does that impact now who they are looking at free agency wise? Well, or would they still consider Kyrie Irving? That's a, I, I would think if you get a guy like John Morant, maybe you would go in a different direction. And you know, I, I have a lot of confidence in the front office. Uh, you, you know, do? Perry and Mills are doing a really good job. I, I, and I speak to those guys regularly, and I just think they are doing the right thing. The way you win now in the NBA is you have to rebuild with youth. You have to start with that. So they have big time draft picks in the next few years. And that Porzingis trade, they also got two number ones. So that's how you build in the NBA. You got to build with youth. And then you sprinkle the right free agent in here and there, and you get that big time, you know, max free agent player, and then you're on to something. And they've realized that. They know that, and they've learned from the mistakes that I think the Knicks have made in the past, where they've signed some free agents that are on the downturn of their careers. Or, they make, the, or, they, or they make the trade for Carmelo that gets forced down uh, the, the throat of uh, the guy that went to Indianapolis. The oh, GM, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Donnie Walsh. Donnie, Donnie Walsh. Walsh. Yes. So that wasn't, that wasn't a good idea, and that wasn't a good decision. So maybe Jim Dolan is kind of out of the decision making process. I I don't want you to answer that because I know that could cost <laughs> you your job. But um, no. But here's here's the other uh, thing about the Knicks that you have to take into account. Now they do have a, a, a group of young players that actually had, yeah. even though the the record doesn't say it. Right. Like Mitchell Robinson and yep. Kevin Knox, all had Damian Dotson and Damian Dotson. Right. So those, and those four and guys. And Aquina, those are the only five guys signed right well, now. Oh, Dennis the Smith Jr. Too. Yes, and Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah, yeah that's another one that that has potential. But he potential. could also be a trade chip too. He well. could. He could, and Moutier is a guy who had a good year. I mean, if you ask me who was the best player on the Knicks last year, you know, from beginning of the season to the end of the season, it was Moutier. So Moutier put up good numbers. He's probably going to get paid a lot of money. Are the Knicks going to want to, you know, sign him and kind of, you know, kind of take a hit on the cap with him? That's a big question mark. But he's a young player that showed great leadership qualities in the locker room, and I was impressed with the way he he brought it on a nightly basis for this team. So they have a lot of young chips. They have a lot of young guys that are – Kind of out kicking their coverage, so to speak. Trier, undrafted, free, undrafted, you know, out of the G League, becomes a viable NBA player, scores points off the bench. Mitchell Robinson, a second round pick that 35 teams missed on, he looks like the next Marcus Camby, you know, the way he played last year, and he's only going to get better. That was a big time find. Kevin Knox, you know, at a good end of the season. So that's how you build, that's how you win, and that's how you do things the right way. So I think the Knicks front office is doing things in the right direction. 
talking to Wally Zerbiak. What about Kyrie Irving? Is that a guy that you get really excited about in a Knicks uniform? Are you worried about maybe his knee, the mercurial nature of his personality, those things? That scare you at all? He is. <clears throat> I saw a stat where he's 16 and 0 in the first round of the playoffs in his career, and he's the highest winning percentage in the playoffs of any NBA player in history. Hmm. That's wow. how good he is in the playoffs. I have no worries about Kyrie Irving. That about guy is a scoring machine. Health's yeah, a little scary. You worry about that, and you got to do your due diligence as far as that goes. And once guys get to this point in their career, you can't make them play 35, 40 minutes a night. you got to have a little bit of depth. you got to have a team that can kind of take the minutes and the load off guys that are getting up to that 30-year-old 30, 30 age. KD is in a totally different atmosphere and world than what Kyrie is in. And obviously, Kyrie Irving can be the second best team, the second banana on a championship team, as he proved in 2016. But if he is the guy that the Knicks throw their harness on, I would say buyer beware. And for Knicks fans, be careful because you don't want to suddenly be dreaming of Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Zion Williamson and not get any of them, which is absolutely on the table. It's okay to hope but expecting the entire world to change after the last 20 years, that is a mistaken path to walk down if you've been tortured by the Knicks before. I mean, this has been a really long friggin' time of suffering. Last night, we saw the Houston Rockets get a game for victory at home, meaning that the Warriors and Rockets are now tied at two games apiece after Golden State had taken the first two at home. Are the Rockets specifically the perfect team designed to beat Golden State? We know their GM, Daryl Morey, has been tripping over himself trying to be able to do this. Here's Mad Radio, 610 Sports in Houston. The Warriors want to go small. Warriors want to start Iguodala, have Draymond Green play center. You know what we have? We have Tuck Wagon. You know, like the Rockets, the Rockets can go small and scrap and fight and do all those things. They say, oh, you want to take away your length and size advantage? Go screw yourself. We're going to do this. And, and that's what's really set out at home. The question, the real big question becomes, all right, if Draymond Green's saying it's about effort and fire and all those things, now you're headed back to Golden State. Now you're headed back to, uh, what, you know, it's a castrated Oracle Center. It's it's not as scary as it used to be, but it's still kind of scary. It which, still retains some of the musculature from before it lost its testicles. Which, so that's uh, the the Warriors uh, they have that going for them. I'm not saying this will happen, but Nick Wright pointed this out. There is a chance tomorrow night. There is a chance that tomorrow night's game five is the last game ever at Oracle Arena. Yeah, I'm just throwing it out there. This is the last season they're playing in that building. It's game five. It's two two, and it's so the possibility. Over there. It's out there. It's been. A, it's. It has not been nearly the home court advantage um, that it used to be. But but and it you is. swayed me on that. Now, as far as Draymond, I, did, Green, I didn't have to sway. I mean, the numbers are there. As far as Draymond Green's quote, I also I, I don't think that Draymond Green is wrong in what he's saying. That they're still feeling okay. But the difference between last year and this year is they're not as good of a of a basketball team. They, the Warriors, they're not as good of a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. They've done a really good job, though, in the fourth quarter of the last two games. They have. the gap. And, I mean, that's, for me, the big concern going back to Oakland. First off, can you continue to not stink in the first quarter like you did when you were last in Oakland? Because if you get out to a slow start against them, we've seen what happens. And can you maintain a lead when you are only playing seven guys over the course of a game? I mean, P.J. Tucker's been awesome. But, you know, how much hustle can you put in when you're playing 42 minutes 
when it's the very end of the game and you're you're really just trying to squeeze every single bit of energy out there. I mean, there's there's a two game gap, a two day gap in between these two yeah. games, yeah, this, as, as opposed but, to the three day that you had, you know, going from Oakland to Houston. And and I'm curious, of, the seven man rotation, yeah. we'll see the stamina and if the fatigue creeps in in this one. That's coming where up. I look. I actually feel like the Rockets have the advantage there because the Warriors have put out the Warriors have had ridiculous minutes. They've been averaging forty five minutes a night out of their their key guys. Um, that overtime obviously skews that a little bit. And the Rockets are putting in heavy numbers too, but not nearly to the degree that the Warriors are. So I, I actually feel pretty good about that. I was surprised that the, the Rockets looked like they were just as tired as the Warriors at the end of, uh, of last night. They were exhausted. That, well, no, no. This is what Steve Kerr did though too. Steve, uh, D'Antoni had a really good time out in the third quarter. Yes, uh, yes, with he about did. Six minutes left. Yes, and when then the and, lead went from seventeen to thirteen. Yep, and then Steve Kerr had a really good one with about six or seven minutes left in the fourth quarter, and they got they got right real quickly because the Rockets were kind of having their way with the Warriors, um, just penetrating, passing, like uh, looking really good. The Warriors came back out and with the adjustments locked the Warriors, well, locked the Rockets down and kind of gummed them up at that point. Daryl Morey has openly committed to the idea of being consumed by beating the Golden State Warriors, and now his team is the team best suited to do it. You know, last year, the Warriors, it took them seven full games to beat Houston, and Houston had that 3-2 series lead before Chris Paul was injured, and now Golden State is in a dogfight at 2-2, going back home for game number five. If there's going to be a team of the West that does it, it's Going to be the Houston Rockets. And the Rockets right now have momentum after what they just did. Let's face it. James Harden was incredible in those two games at home. And if somehow Houston can go on the road and get game number five, they then have a chance to close out at home in game six. And they've got to feel like they've got at least a chance to do that because in games one and games two, it was really close. And those two were played at Oracle Arena. So when it comes to Kevin Durant and how brilliant he has been in this postseason, you got to go back to scoring, scoring, and more scoring. He can score from anywhere on the floor. But is that a limitation? Is Kevin Durant really just a scorer? Here is Ryan Hollins, who spent 10 years in the NBA, joining Bull and Fox on 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland. LeBron James is my man dad. He's taking care of business. Kevin Durant's the dad. He comes home and gets all the spoils, all the love, man. And he ain't he ain't did no cooking, no cleaning, no none of that. All KD has to do is score. Okay? Imagine if Michael Jordan got to play one on one and there was no help. Imagine LeBron James playing one on one with no help. Here's the reality. And this isn't a disrespect to Kevin Durant, but this is just his basketball game. Kevin Durant makes nobody better when he scores. It's not his game. He scores, and nobody's better. LeBron James gives you 50 points. You're seeing 10 to 15 assists coming out of it, and you are in a pick-your-poison type of situation, and he takes you to the next level. Katie's just a flat-out scorer, and guess what? The guy to his left and the guy to his right, two of the greatest shooters of all time, Mm -hmm. actually the greatest shooters of all time. So if I'm a defensive unit, I can't help. I literally cannot help, and it's allowing KD – Forgive me if I seem like I'm really slandering this man for what he's done, uh-huh. but now he, he's free. He's free, bro, and he will never be that free again on any other team. All right, so that brings me to another question. Most important Golden State Warrior, Stephen Curry or Kevin Durant? Steph Curry. Wow. It's not even, it's not even a hesitation, bro. It's not even a hesitation. Whenever Steph Curry goes out 
and you see Kevin and KD trying to run the point guard position or bring the ball up court yeah. or, or get a good shot, it, it's out of his comfort zone. It's, it's just not good basketball. The one thing about Steph Curry, as horrible as he's been shooting right now, it's horrible. You got to chase that man and you got to follow him and you got to harass him. Now, right now, the Rockets are doing a great job. Why? Because they're attacking the mess out of Steph Curry on defense. And that's how you go at shooters. You make them defend. You make them chase. You make them do the little things. And it's wearing Steph out. Not to mention, they're sending him to the basket. They're saying, no three-pointers for you, buddy. Come on into the paint. And guess what? Steph Curry, for his career, has had the basketball in his hands. When KD gets hot, the basketball is not in Steph Curry's hands. And KD is not making Steph Curry a better basketball player. So, it kind of is what it is. There's no comparison between he and LeBron James right now. I think that's a totally fair way of breaking things down. Kevin Durant is a brilliant scorer, and he's a greater scorer than LeBron. But he doesn't do anything else as well as LeBron. He does not facilitate others. And his scoring has come in baskets and bushels this postseason and the previous two because you just can't collapse on him and you cannot leave Klay Thompson and Steph Curry open and unguarded. So Kevin Durant's taking advantage of the defense and how they are playing the Warriors, but in terms of dragging a team by himself to the heights that LeBron has done, he's nowhere close. Now, LeBron's not that guy anymore, obviously, but saying that Kevin Durant is automatically the best player in the NBA because of how much he scores, that's not necessarily fair because a lot of teams have to do things that they can't do against anybody else because of the surrounding pieces that Kevin Durant has at Golden State. And if and when KD does leave for another team, let's see how things evolve for him because it ain't going to be as easy as it is right now when you have Steph and Clay standing next to you on the floor. So knowing all of that, is this Kevin Durant's final push at Oracle, at Golden State, with the Warriors? Is he destined to go somewhere else? Here's Ramona Shelburne, who writes for ESPN.com, joining Gary Parrish on ESPN 92.9 in Memphis. We might watch Kevin Durant march Golden State to another world championship, and the prevailing thought seems to be that he would finally have the label of best player on the planet and B, he would be leaving Golden State perhaps for New York. Is that still the prevailing thought within people who do what you do, which is cover the NBA on a daily basis, mm-hmm. that no matter what happens here, Golden State wins again or doesn't, Kevin Durant gets another finals MVP or doesn't, uh, Kevin Durant is spending his last weeks with the Golden State Warriors right now. I think we all have that in our heads, right? Like, I think that's the, that's the feeling you have, but... I also had that same feeling when he left Oklahoma City, right? And to be honest, when I look back on that, like, you know, you'd heard stuff all year long, et cetera. But when you look back on it, I mean, if that game six goes differently, right. I don't know. Like, if Clay Thompson doesn't go crazy and, and they don't, he doesn't save their season and save everything, I don't know that he really leaves, right? So there's, like, as much as you want to say, like, yeah, you know, you look back on it, yeah, I knew he was going to school today. We heard it, you know. I don't know if they don't win that game six. Right. So, and knowing Kevin the way that I, I think I've come to know him over the years, like, is that really, um, is that really something that he can 
uh, that you can say definitively anything with Kevin, right? Yeah. Like if he goes and wins three in a row, and now they're opening the Chase Center, and, and, and people are going to make their pitches. It's just it, until he really does something, until we have more information about how the season plays out, I'm not sure that uh, that you can you can say it as a foregone conclusion at all. I think we would all be shocked if Kevin Durant is not somewhere else next season. We're all operating under the belief system that he is going somewhere else, and more than likely that's going to be the New York Knicks. Now, I think the Clippers will make a huge push for him, and it's going to be hard to say no to an organization in L.A. that doesn't have the drama of LeBron's Lakers with Jerry West in the room and an owner like Steve Ballmer in the room and a team that with a young core actually got to the playoffs this year where nobody expected anything that's going to be really hard to turn down. And I don't know if Kevin Durant's going to be able to do that. Maybe he does desperately want New York and he ends up going there. But one thing feels very certain, that Kevin Durant, this is the last run in Golden State. And especially if they lose to the Houston Rockets, I don't see why he would end up coming back. That's the best in your sports talk for Tuesday, May the 7th. We'll see you tomorrow, everyone. Thanks for listening to Around the Dial. Subscribe now for the best daily recap in sports talk on Radio.com or the Radio.com app. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 